this weekend at the box office, The Way of Water connected all things before Avatar and after Avatar. Plus, we want to lick it. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 222nd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week, we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I just want to state for the record, I was not asked beforehand if I also wanted to lick it. I do not yeah, endorse we all know that, that you want. Why are you licking those chops so much and drooling over there? Uh, I'm just so excited to talk about James Cameron. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sure. I'll lick his you have submarine. no interest in licking it. Okay, Noah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm not I'm not gonna be the one to to open up talks about licking it, is all. I uh, let's stop talking about licking it now and instead start start talking about my top five. Uh Avatar Things the Way of Water lick? did come out. Uh, and as a result, I have listed all the best uh, lickable waters. No, I have uh, I have gone. I, I thought about James Cameron movies a little, little too many that I haven't seen recently enough. Uh, I thought about, as a lark, Sam Worthington movies. Turns out his filmography is even worse than you might think. Mm. Uh, and so I've gone instead with Sigourney Weaver movies. Okay. Uh, which I she have plays, seen plenty of. She uh, um... It sounds like they're saying Kitty in the movie, but okay. it's not. It's like Kiri or something. KT. Yeah. She's a young girl. Yeah. But I think the, the name is either like Kiri. Okay. But they sound like they're saying Kitty. Okay. Kitty? Yeah. Got it. Uh, it's like little kids who don't really have the Navi accent just running right. around. <laughs> but yeah. In the number five spot, I have gone with a uh, a movie that uh, was important to me in my youth. Heartbreakers. Uh, I had a uh, no. Heartbreakers did not make the list. I uh, this was this was kind of like a spot I had open for one of two movies, uh, and had this been your list, it would have gone the other way. I uh, but I in this spot chose Holes. What was what would have was what was the other one that I would have picked? Galaxy Quest. Yeah, why isn't Galaxy Quest on your list? I uh, because I like the over other holes. What? Because I I like the other four movies better. Have you, when was the last time you saw Galaxy Quest? Uh, it's been a little while. Okay, you just don't think it's your kind of thing. No, it's just it's not a movie that uh, made a big impression on me or was like important to me back when it Worth came out. Worth a rewatch then. For you, uh, for sure, yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, uh, Holes was something that was important to me in book and movie form. Uh, and uh, I, I got the DVD over there. I love holes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, there was a song in it. Dig him up, bo Dig it. Yeah. Dig got, him up, bo It's got your boy. Uh, well, okay. Hang on. <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> it's very important that you don't do that again. Uh, what's the, um, my name is something and I'm the spoon man. I remember the reps. And okay. the I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember any of the remember lyrics. That bit? No. Up, 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 yeah. Dig. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look up the lyrics. I'll do it for when you're done. Go okay. Ahead. I, in the number four spot, the original avatar. Remember avatar? Yeah. Directed by James Cameron. It made some money at the box office. D tent boys. Uh, did not launch Sam Worthington's career. No. Uh, because how do you fuck that up? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how you have avatar behind you and can't even like, 
turn into Gerard Butler. How do you fuck that up? Or like not it's not even He also had Clash of the Titans. Yeah, it's like, not it's not even Liam Hemsworth. He's not even close to being as prolific as no Liam one thought Hemsworth of him is. thought to being the Witcher at all. How could but like he had Clash of the Titans was a bit rat no Clash was first. Clash yeah. of the Titans was a big hit too. Yeah. He was right there. Yeah. Uh, and just didn't got like one chance with Terminator and that was it. I uh, Yeah, Avatar, pretty good. Uh, that's 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 where that's where that's where I've landed on Avatar. Uh, jury's out on the way of water. I've yet to see it. All right, this is Stanley's verse. Hold on. Two suits, two tokens in hand. I got no respect because I'm the new man. Got my shovel, shoes full of sand. Check out the tag. The name's Caveman. Uh, dig 'em up, Bobo. Dig it. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a fun song. I liked watching that on the Disney Channel. I. Uh, Number three, bit of a cameo appearance in The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, very fun movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Great sort of... Uh, she is in that. Sort of send-up uh, amalgamation of horror tropes. Uh, great cast, and Sigourney Weaver does a good job uh, when she shows up. Uh, the two-in-one spots were uh, pretty much untouchable here. Number two is Ghostbusters. Okay. Uh, in which did you only uh, pick one alien film? I did, yeah, okay. yeah, and that, that that was part of it is that uh, I didn't I didn't consider Alien and Aliens. Yeah, uh, it's been too long since I've seen Aliens, and either way, I uh, just want one represent representation. There's only five spots on the list, uh, so yeah, two Ghostbusters, one Alien, and the uh, Ghostbuster you're picking is the yeah she's first been in, she's been in all of them. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's true. Yeah, she she wasn't answer the call, and, and then she was. She, was, in she had a cameo answer the call, and she was in the end, end credit scene of Afterlife. Yeah, uh, but no, I am going with the Is original the end credit scene. Uh, yeah, probably. And uh, then yeah, number one, Alien, uh, incredible. First one, uh, yeah, yeah, the first Alien, incredible movie. She does a great Not job. Not even picking the James Cameron one. No, well, uh, damn, I like this one better. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of James Cameron, our actual top five. All right, let's get into it, baby. This weekend, Avatar, The Way of Water. That's a drum roll. That's from a thing. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm doing? I don't. You know the earliest show? Yeah, sure. that Funny or Die, like, six-part thing with uh, Ben Schwartz and Lauren Lapkus? So they have an uh, hour-long outtakes reel that I watch occasionally because you're just, like, good improvisers fucking around for a while. And in it, uh, Schwartz goes, uh, Sam, give me a drum roll. And she goes, bada, 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 bada. He just, he stops and he goes, woof. And, uh, makes me laugh. <laughs> just, that's, so uh, I did the drum roll. Got I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm caught up me. now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Avatar The Way of Water. I'm so sorry. Uh, opened at number one. Uh, followed. How much did it open to? It's a question on everyone's mind. $134 million. Damn. In fact. <laughs> Uh, followed by Violent Night, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's why you looked at me weird. Strange World. Because you weren't doing the numbers yet. And the menu. I got you. Uh, and yes, Avatar uh, at number one was $134 million Damn. opening weekend. Uh, All right, here go we go. Ahead. After uh, 13 years of hot, sweaty anticipation, uh, we're finally here with the Avatar sequel. The... Buzz has been, the expectations are huge. This is a very expensive movie. The most expensive movie ever made for a couple of reasons. Yeah. 
Uh, one was because they've been making it for like six years, and also because they were waiting for the technology to catch up to what they could do. They paid for a lot of deals with people for the other movies that may have gotten rolled into it. It's a hugely expensive movie. James Cameron said, like, this is a terrible business. He said this recently. This is a terrible business decision. Uh, you have to become one of the highest grossing movies of all time just to turn a profit with this. Yeah. Um, but it's an investment. Disney wants to put... Uh, they have an Avatar land in one of their parks, but they're going to want to expand that. Um, and uh, so everything is cleared out of the way. No big movies for a while, right? People are hot, excited for a blockbuster. The winter season, the king of blockbusters, well, the, the king of the, uh, the top of the list is back. Yeah. King of the world is back. We'll say that. Um, you know, 200 million. Spider-Man did 250. What's this going to do? This is, you know, uh, opening all over the world. It has a China release. Incredible. Half a billion easy guaranteed worldwide opening weekend. Comes in a bit below expectations pretty much everywhere. People were expecting going to the weekend domestically about 170. Okay. 180. Um, I was looking on... Uh, Oh, some theaters around us, uh, some Friday, Saturday shows, peak times. Yeah. Very little seats bought, and I thought, oh. Especially in the uh, non-3D uh, showings, regular 2D. Not a lot of people buying seats. When uh, when you went you went on Thursday <clears throat> in like a prime IMAX 3D, right? 6.30. Is that IMAX full? 3D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was full. It okay. was, uh, I would say, you've been in that theater a bunch of yeah. times. I would say the front section maybe had just a few people in it, that front section. But, yeah, pretty much, maybe some of the sides, but pretty much everything was taken, yeah. Okay. Uh, the first front two rows, certainly, were t- we were in, were taken. Um, and uh, so 134, how does that feel to people? You know, there are people who said, how could it do well? It's been so long. It's not a franchise. It was one, a sequel to one movie that everyone threw... Away as forgettable. No, remember two years ago, no one talks about Avatar anymore. Yeah. How's this going to be a big deal? And then you have the other side of the camp that's saying it's James Cameron, baby. He never loses. He's never lost in his life. He only makes the highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, and everyone was, and both camps were kind of right. They all came together and agreed upon a gross where they said it's not the superlative, you know, boom, he's back. Right. And it's also not the, uh-oh, it's not going to make money. They all, uh, I feel like everyone came to the table and shook hands on 134 and said, right down the middle. Yeah, one of those, uh, nobody's happy, so we know we made a good compromise situation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is leaning on the more side of Disney is happy. I th- you know, it, it doubled, it nearly doubled the gross of the first film, right? right? Uh, inflation notwithstanding, expectations notwithstanding, um, it doubled the opening weekend of the first film. It's like the fifth biggest December. I mean, it's like you got four, yeah, uh, maybe sixth, because you got four Star Wars movies and uh, Spider-Man that have made more in December. Right. So, um, you know, here's there's a lot of things I, I want to talk about here. Uh, it made 434 worldwide. Uh, the China numbers were disappointing. There, Someone... So they're they're having a weird thing about lockdowns right now and and COVID and um, uh, talks of like the China vaccine isn't as effective and someone um, compared it on Twitter to 
December of 2021 for us here is them now. Okay. Kind of a thing. So, but there wasn't a lot of walk-up business in China. Uh, a lot of the ticket, the tickets that they sold were just pre-sales. I have some numbers for domestic about that. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so there's a number. Fa- I, I want your initial impression. Four thirty-four, one thirty-four domestic. Uh, you're looking at this number as someone who's followed the box office for going on uh, four years now. Yeah. No, it's going to be five years in April. I what do you think. My my impression we 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 have talked about this uh, talked about this a little spoiler off spoiler alert I well no and I hate people that say that I thought we were we're not talking about spoiler alert right now no never you, the movie we're not right. saying okay no that's in eleventh place sorry caught in my mind we have talked about the numbers for spoiler alert I so there are there are the people that look at his past two biggest movies of all time uh, Titanic Avatar. Yeah. Uh, opened to pretty relatively pedestrian numbers. Titanic did 28 in December 97. Avatar did 70 in uh, December 09. Yeah. So on the one hand, you've got the people whose inclination is to be like, well, there you go. That That's how it goes. The, the movie opens okay, pretty good, and then just keeps making money forever. Uh, and each of those movies did, did come out in its own like sort of set of unique circumstances. And so you can't just prescribe that to this. Uh, I know this is uh, this is something that uh, that you were saying when we talked, and I think that's absolutely right. However, I think if you look at this number and say, fuck, Avatar failed, like we all thought it would be Spider-Man, yeah. and it just it didn't happen. Yeah. And then next week, it makes $90 million. And then the week after that, it I can't do the percentage math again. It makes... Like it drops thirty five percent, we're all just gonna be sitting here, and be like, "Fuck, he did it again!" And like, I, I won't be. Would you be shocked if that happened? If, if, the, if I this... wouldn't be shocked if this makes another uh, nine. Yeah, ninety is good. I. So something I'll talk about in a second, but schools are out on Monday. Yeah. So from now until New Year's, every weekday, as it always has been at the box office in December, is a Saturday. Right. So we're hoping for like 15 to 25 every day leading up to next weekend. Next weekend's going to be tough because Christmas Eve uh-huh. uh, is usually a slow movie going day. Everyone waits till Christmas and people are with their families a lot during Christmas Eve. Because usually because movie going is done at night. Right. Christmas Eve, people are together at night. And Christmas Day... People are done by night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like a family is like, we open presents at 8 a.m. And by one o'clock, we're done. So let's go to a movie at seven. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a hundred million dollars next weekend. Yeah. And so I, I think while it is true, you cannot look at this number and be like, he's done it twice in a row. He's clearly going to do it a third time in a row. I think the fact that he's done it twice in a row, you can't yet stake your claim that it's not happening uh yeah. because if in three weeks the things are like 500 it's dropping 30 yeah. percent it's dropping 30 percent we're just like shit it happened again couple that look the, like a fool with the weekdays of like you know 10 to 20 million each day right so overall my general take is that like yeah this this seems right i i would have been surprised if this had opened to like 200 million dollars 
Yeah, and for for reasons that I'm going to talk about. Because because sure, I I, th- I, th- I think even without being able to prescribe like you know the the Titanic and Avatar trajectories, I think you can still look at the general place those movies had yeah. in their opening weekends. They they were both clearly movies that people were interested and in, wanted to see with how they uh, how they ended up going. I and like his 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 recent movies just don't don't do that. And so I would have been surprised to see that here as well. So this is this is kind of what I expected. Maybe a little on the low end. Like I I probably yeah. I probably would have guessed like one fifty without, about without like looking at yeah. the numbers. But but yeah, like this this feels right. This is how James Cameron rolls. And can he the question is can he continue Next, yeah. the the little drops I for feel like by, by Wednesday five, six weeks. By Wednesday we're gonna have a really good idea. As to what this movie is going to be doing, mm-hmm. did you lose? Uh no, I finally scored a touchdown. Hey, I, I do apologize, everyone. I'm in a very tense in uh, second touchdown all with right. Ahmad. All right, all right. Ahmad said going. he's listening to this episode too. Yes, uh, sorry, Ahmad. Take I that, Ahmad. Uh, Austin Eckler and James Conner both just scored touchdowns back to back, and I, I am once again projected to win the week, uh, but it's very close. <laughs> it's very close. I'm very nervous. This is real time shit, man. Keep us updated. Um, <laughs> I think we'll know by Wednesday yeah. whether this is a leggy thing. People are, in fact, waiting to go see this movie. So let's talk about that. Okay. So I've been reading a lot of Deadlines articles. They have really good Friday p.m., Saturday a.m., Saturday midday, Saturday Sunday a.m. updates. They're really like by, by 6 o'clock on Friday – they like had projections for just the Friday gross, which is always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you know? West, no one started. No West one's Coast gone. hasn't gone to seven o'clock. How do you know what's going on? Um, and what they kept saying was they are, they believe that people are waiting to see this movie for the walk of businesses is, is slow. Cause they're either waiting for uh, the break. Why would they be doing that? I uh, because it's a very long movie. So three hour. It's a, it's a it's a four hour commitment. Yeah. Commute trailers, commute home, movie about four hours long. Yeah. So deciding to just like what are we doing today? What do you know? I don't know. You want what? We want to go see Avatar? Well, that's four hours out of our night. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, exactly. Especially for families. So I think a lot of family business is going to be done uh, during the day, during the afternoon, kind of thing. Um, another reason is just it's the oh, no offense to Puss and Boots, which I hope does well. It's the only big movie. So if you go see a movie with your family during the holidays and you look at the slate, you're thinking, well, it's Avatar. Right. But we go during the holidays. So let's wait till Christmas. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. So here, here are some interesting things that uh, that Deadline and some other people have have pointed out. So. Um. Okay. Oh, and also, sorry the uh, the idea of uh, of waiting um, and the, their theory, which is kind of how I started this before I got off topic a little, was that people are waiting for premium theaters. So that's Dolby, digital sound, IMAX, 3D. No one's really going in the 2D showings, which did, which is what I saw when I looked at the the right. show times earlier. Um. 
There's a red light there. Do you care? I, you keep going. I'll look for Great. it. So what I'm thinking is the, uh, if people are waiting for, for these screenings, that um, automatically cuts your showtimes. We're good. Cuts your showtimes in half because people are not even thinking about going to the 2D one. So that leaves even less amount of showtimes that are available that people are going to want to go see. Couple that with the fact that the movie is so long that there's automatically less showtimes that theaters can program right. the movie for. This isn't an all-night venture like Endgame. This is, you know, 11, 10 a.m. maybe to 10 p.m. Like, there's a 10.45 showing tonight somewhere. Uh -huh. And I just, like, can't imagine general audiences picking that <laughs> to see this movie in. Or they do, and they don't know it's that long, and they're going to be miserable. Not the movie's bad, but they're yeah. just going to be sitting there going, like, oh, my God, what is happening? Uh, I, 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 can, I can tell you from, like... Not a lot, but from my theatrical experience, mm -hmm. yeah, people are going to go to that. All right. It's going to really annoy the employees because <laughs> they'll be sitting around thinking we can close early if that if no one shows up for that shit, but they will. So some numbers that Deadline had. So the uh, the IMAX PFL, which is premium. No, what's PFL? I don't know. I, I do not know. Projected. So I don't know. Financial. Uh, it's a type of screen. IMAX PFL and premium 3D tickets. Okay. Uh, this weekend, we're at sixty-two percent. Sixty percent of the tickets went to that. I mean, that leaves only thirty-eight percent to regular, uh, even regular, uh, regular because this is premium three D. So I don't know if that includes just regular three D showings. Um, Twenty percent of the movie's pre-sales were showtimes beyond this weekend. So that means that twenty percent of the people that bought tickets bought them for most likely next weekend for Christmas and yeah. stuff. Do we suppose that's unusual? Normally, for an average Marvel movie, which is what everyone's judging this weekend off of, which is unfair. People are like, well, you know, it's opened to way... It opened to the same as, as the Batman in March, like yeah. literally the same, 134. Uh, so much less than Spider-Man and less than the recent Wakanda Forever. Like, But here's the thing. Normally, for an average Marvel movie, uh, this is from the Deadline article, their pre-sales stand at 5% beyond opening weekend. <laughs> So, yes, it's very unusual because Marvel movies are incredibly front-loaded. That also gives hope that this movie is not going to be incredibly front-loaded because automatically people are choosing not rushing to see this and right. being like, I'm going to wait a little bit. So I think that's a big indicator that we might be in for a really nice holiday haul because people already thought before the movie came out, I'm going to wait till I have more time to check this out. Um, the... Uh, Let's see. It has great word of mouth. It's got uh, an A cinema score, uh, com score, and screen engine post tracks are 91% and five stars. Um, those are all really great. Uh, the decline from Friday to Saturday. Now, it's a Friday pure gross, I believe. Pure gross means what? Uh, it's just what they made on Friday instead Not of combining Thursday. the Thursday and Friday. Exactly. Was negative 16%, which is the best... For uh, end of uh, that, Rise of Skywalker was minus forty-seven from Friday to s Sunday. Force Awakens was forty-three. No Way Home was thirty-nine. Last Jedi thirty-nine. Rogue One thirty-five. Even uh, the very leggy Top Gun Maverick, which we may look at in a few days, as far as this is, is going to be comparable to that because that yeah. opened to one twenty-six and went on to seven eighteen. I'd remember those numbers because I feel like the seven hundreds might be might be where we're heading here. Um, that one was 
27 Friday to Saturday. Yeah. So this is 16, which means that in my mind had some walk up business, but more so people bought tickets for Saturday and just kind of, were kind of rolling along at a steady pace. Um, there's obviously no direct competition. Schools are off on, uh, on Monday. Um, and I just feel like we're, we're, we're looking at a, uh, I just thought a lot of those were very interesting. Yeah. I, I think a lot of those are very encouraging. And very like, encouraging. I, this, this movie still could break either way. Yeah. It is the, it is the opening weekend. It could make $70 million next week. That's and what's then so it's just weird kind of about like, this oh, it's number. a regular movie. Right. Is I, this numbers low enough? Where I'm thinking, uh oh, is it not connecting with enough people? Yeah. But it's high enough where I'm like, oh, good, it, it connected with enough people. Yeah. It's a very weird number. We're since right uh, since we live in a take economy, and uh, you know what is a podcast if not a vehicle for takes? Yeah. I'm I'm staking my claim now. This movie's gonna be fine. Oh yeah. And I agree. I agree. And any anyone looking at this number being like, well, he went two for two, but now he's failed. They're they're gonna they're gonna have some egg on their face in a yeah, few weeks, or they just want. Clips. We're in, we're in for another uh, we're in for another James Camerony you know, thing here, or they they just want. Clicks. We, yeah, whether whether or not like I don't, it's probably not going to become the new biggest no. movie of all time. Well, the, well, it has to beat nine thirty eight from Force Awakens. Never yeah. gonna happen. But uh, but yeah, it's this movie. This movie's gonna be just fine. So as you would just find it could. I think the first Avatar is still at. The seven hundreds. Uh, let me just take a look at the the first avatars. It's at seven eighty five. Never mind. Top Gun Maverick and Black Panther. First one are at seven eighteen and seven hundred respectively. I think that's our high water mark. Is the seven hundreds? Yeah. Um, doing some very quick math. Let's assume that the movie. Uh oh, we got a buzz. Uh, it's fine. Okay. I don't get buzzed for negative news. Okay. What well, was it? Good news? Uh, no, it was neutral news. Okay. So let's assume 134 this weekend. Let's take an average of because I could I could easily look up the numbers for like Spider Man and Rogue One and like the weekdays. Yeah, if I'm not. So let's let's just assume a, a 13 average next week. Okay, per four days because we're not counting Friday, obviously. Yep. 52 plus the 134 this weekend, and let's say next weekend it drops a little heavier than we think and 90. Uh, I already fucked that up. Plus ninety, we're at two seventy six by weekend two. Then we have another full week, so I'm gonna bring that average down to eleven. I'm playing the low game here. Okay. So what I say, two ninety to two ninety. Let's let's say I say yeah. two ninety. Times four plus two ninety. Now we're sitting at three thirty four before the third weekend. Let's say we add. Uh, I'm still lowballing at sixty more. We're at about four hundred before the end of the year. Uh huh. So even with that, we're, we're getting to 550, which again, I think if we're talking about an Avatar sequel, that's getting good, the same reviews as the last one. The last one had an 82 uh-huh. on Rotten Tomatoes. This is like a 79 right now, 78. It's everyone saying the same thing. Like visually, it's at another level. This is remarkable animation and and the action sequences are incredible. And then the script is whatever. Yeah. And everything else about it is fine. Right. So take that into, if this got stellar, if this was like, Oh, this is better than the first. And this is on par with like, you know, Terminator two and and Titanic. Uh, I then like the sky's the limit, but an avatar sequel that's 
really good. Needs to be seen in a certain format to really get the impact. And um, isn't connecting with audiences, making five hundred million dollars. I don't know who would realistic and like well over a billion worldwide. I don't know who realistically should be that upset by it. And it, it bodes well for the next one, uh, which is going to do less. But um, I think Cameron's in the clear. I think the movie's in the clear. It's just a very interesting number, and it was really nice of Deadline and the like to have this breakdown of. The amount of pre-sales just for next weekend, uh, the drop from Friday, it tells a very interesting story of what could happen here. Well, I did, I did, I did email them and uh, set that up as a Hanukkah present. Thank to you. you so much. <laughs> Only seven more presents. <laughs> now, um, each different statistic included is oh. a uh, is one of the presents. You just read ahead and sort of opened your presents early. All right, fine. <laughs> Uh, it's a six, yeah, six best December debut. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it's just, I love the winter movie season because very quickly these numbers go up day by day and it's very fun to watch. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. In second place, just, just falling a little behind avatar. The way of water uh, was violent night, which made $5.6 million, a 35.6% drop. That is up to 34.9. What a hole. Look at that thing. Yeah. Uh, next weekend, we have a few more films. We got what has now been titled Whitney Houston, colon, I Want to Dance with Somebody. They must have done some late-breaking tracking and gone, oh, people don't know what that is? Yeah. Also, just a bad title. It's not a bad title in the sense that, like, I get that you're um, picking, like, her most famous song. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with, like, her story. You know what I mean? We're still, like, Bohemian Rhapsody. Just the idea of that yeah. kind of makes sense for Freddie and like what walk the line. It's also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to look up some Whitney Houston songs while we talk, but what if you call it Whitney Houston wants to dance with somebody? <laughs> what if you call it? I want to dance with Whitney Houston. What yeah. I will always I, love you. It's her bodyguard song. Yeah. And it's a song she sings. That Why not that? Because then it's like the movie saying, I will always love you. Whitney Houston. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean that, and also would make more sense if you end up calling it Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yeah, exactly. I can't, yeah. I can't believe they cheap chickened out and called it Whitney Houston. They must have been tracking low, and they were like, it's probably because nobody knows it's a Whitney Houston movie, yeah. right? And it's like, no, it's because you have no Oscar buzz, darling. Um, Your movie's going to suck, yeah, that, and I'm going to hate it. Puss in Boots. Well, you probably won't have to I'm see not, it. Yeah, I'm not going to hate it. Uh, Good for them. Puss in Boots is coming out. That's getting great reviews, and I hope it does business. Uh, and then uh, Babylon. So we'll see what happens with Violent Night next weekend because it's going to have a few more uh, heavyweights. I really feel badly for all of the people responsible for building theater schedules the next few weeks. Let me find out how long Whitney Houston, I Will Always they, Love You, is. They got Avatar. Or I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. They got Avatar. They got Babylon. Like, that shit's hard when those movies are that fucking long. We can do it. I... No, it can't be done. I did it for years. I'm just saying it's it's not fun when there's what. Hang on. <laughs> uh, Brian is distraught. He has recently uh, discovered the runtime of this movie. Uh, may I may I make a guess? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make a I, realistic guess. It's yeah. not three hours. No, my, I mean? my, my guess is two hours and 20. No, minutes. I, I want the number of minutes. 140. 146. Ah. 
This is two and a half hours long. I yeah. I I really like that. It's there's hard. There's no way you can you have to there's no reason to have to make the Whitney Houston movie two and a half hours. When there when there's one of those movies in theaters and like it's succeeding, when the Whitney Houston movie's out, whatever, like you'd put in five show times and you're done. I when you've got like an avatar out and it's making money and you're like, shit, you know, we've got a program like one or two of these extra yeah. in here at least. I it clogs up real quick. And then Babylon's new release, you got to get a full slate of Babylon's in there. And all of a sudden, you're out of space. Look at that enormous title. Yeah. No, it's really bad. I I hate everything about it. I all didn't right. think I could hate more about that movie and now I do. And you got Babylon coming out 3 yeah. hours long. Uh, I'm getting more and more excited for Babylon. I, I watched uh, the actors on actors yeah. uh, with uh, Margot Robbie and uh, Carrie Mulligan. And uh, it got me very excited all of them talking about the movie. I remain uh, cautious. I mean, I understand. Um, anyway, Violet Knight did really well. Yeah. What did I say it cost last week? Like $20 million, something like that? I think that sounds right. It's going to gross over 60 worldwide. It's going to get to over 50 here, most likely. Even 45 here. Solid hit. I'd make another. I would make another one. I would just get someone. We talked about this after we saw it. You got to throw Mrs. Claus in here now. Yeah. And you got to cast a name. Uh, any name. And uh, What did you settle on? Uh, McCarthy? I mean, if you can get her. Yeah, but I feel What's like... What's she doing? I, Little Mermaid, Ursula. Uh, she just signed on. <laughs> she just signed on. I'm gonna look up her I'm just name. Saying, she's not at like the peak of her busyness. Uh, she just signed on to a movie. Hold on, let me look up. And I was like, oh, so let me just see what this is. Oh, she just on Richard Curtis's Christmas comedy. Okay. And I was uh, scripted Richard Curtis Christmas comedy. Let me see. Deadline. Here we go. For Universal, working title and Peacock, and I went. Thud. I was gonna knock my head on the thing, but I don't think you know. My right. you do that, and it goes doom. Yeah. Peacock, come on, guys. Yeah, I know. You, you, Richard Curtis script. Richard Curtis is the king of this shit, except for last Christmas. Richard Curtis is the king of this shit. You know, Love yeah. Actually from the director of Love Actually, and you got Melissa McCarthy in a movie not written and directed by her and her husband. Like, okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a fairy tale comedy about a workaholic man. Probably not her. Uh, who enlists the help of a magic genie to help win his family back before Christmas? That's a home run. Who are you getting as the guy? Uh, the workaholic man. Yeah. In this don't film? say Ben Falcone. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's her husband? I mean, am I me or am I a movie studio? What? What? Okay, it can't be Oscar Isaac or Ethan. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying like both, if, I'm, if both. I'm a movie who studio, my my first instinct is Will Ferrell. Yeah, like. You get he's he's like the comic name I think of. Uh, I, you I get like a, some some elf vibes. I I have a pitch. Who are you picking? Uh, I am picking. I. Uh, God, I don't know. I'd like to hear your pitch. Okay. While, while I here's think my about pitch. Imagine my pitch for my studio. Imagine these two comedic uh, energies together. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy is the genie who helps a initially reluctant Channing Tatum. Okay. Right? All right. Right? Yeah. They're both that kind of like sly, uh, I don't really know what's going on, like comedy bit. Yeah. Um, that's my pitch. It's both of them. And I don't know if there's a, there, I don't think there's a working title. Uh, 
We can think about that later. But oh, she she's gonna be in Jerry Seinfeld's Unfrosted the Pop Tart story for Netflix, I believe. You know what that is. Yeah, sure. It's just put all those words together in that order. With Hugh Grant and Amy Schumer. Uh let me ask you this. Yeah. I This who, is all going back to who's gonna play Mrs. Claus. But go yeah. ahead. Who is the most famous like dramatic actor you think we could get in this role? Oh, we could get. All right. Um Yeah. Cause like my my mind initially goes to a place that like I don't we're not gonna is not gettable. I don't think unless he's having a flight of fancy <laughs> when well, you call Leonardo, him Leonardo DiCaprio. No, I was thinking Denzel. Oh, I, th- I think Denzel has the perfect Fuck that. energy. Put Denzel like, as the genie. Melissa McCarthy is the foil. Sure, but like he he is a he is a serious actor, but like he's funny and he's. I think fun you could like realistically could get Tom Hanks to do this. Okay, right yeah. Now. yeah, don't you? That by the way, that's a that's a hit. Uh huh. Melissa McCarthy and Tom Hanks in a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's 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 the way I go there. Yeah, all maybe, right. Maybe Adam Driver. Like he's oh, not, he's not he's not like a butts and seats name. But. I know, but could he be that subtle? Yeah, he could be fun. All right. Um, but yeah, if, if if Melissa could do it, and she's got projects hopping around, if she yeah. could do it, then fine. But uh, my my I settled on Catherine Hahn. I think. Okay. Yeah, Catherine Hahn would be good. I think Catherine Hahn could do the physical stuff. I don't know if she's a butts in her seat, but I think them together could be niche enough to get some a little few more people excited about yeah. it. And the movie has to be good this time. Yes. Yeah. You got to get another. You got to do the first story that team. I thought of or what we pitched in the bar, which was an assault on precinct at Santa's workshop. Yeah. Which, or like with an orphanage. Yeah. Well, this one should have been an orphanage. Yeah. But um, but I do enjoy the idea of having to assault on precinct at Santa's workshop yeah. and use the toys as like I, weapons and stuff. I, do, I agree. I do like that. Uh, my uh, my take when we came out, which I still feel good about, is Winona Ryder. I know, but I, I don't know if she could do it. She could do it. Yeah, she'd be fine. Can Winona and, Ryder be like the leader of the uh, the insurgency? No, I think you need like them together. Yeah, them together. Because my, right. my my thinking obviously is that there's there are precious few movie stars going on. Yeah. But there are IP stars. Like Stranger Things is a star. I mean, and I guess. I don't I, know. I, did I, like did uh, Finn Wolfhard really help Ghostbusters? Is Sadie Sink going to bring the, the whale huge business? No, but I think them on their own did is Gain not the... Did Matarazzo's prank show get a season two? No, I made sure of that. Uh, <laughs> no, the That peop- was my second Hanukkah present from a few years ago. <laughs> the people on their own. That was a Hanukkah present to me. <laughs> Uh, I splurged. Yeah. Uh, the people on their own don't carry Stranger Things vibes. That's why, like David Harbor, right. being did not give like another, extra I have thing. Another uh, but hypothetical. David Harbor and Winona Ryder together, yeah. and like a a couple role where they kind of like bicker and are part of like an action thing. Like there, you can really kind of play up the Stranger Things uh, rapport that they have. Uh-huh. And I, th- I think th- I think that there's a world where that gets you like an extra five million dollars. All right. Here's my hypothetical. The, uh, the Stranger Things cast is is uh, more bankable together than apart. Right. Yeah. That, that That's the, 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 that's what you're pitching. Here. Yes. Pick a movie. And you have to recast it with all the Stranger Things people. What's the movie? <laughs> I. It's a terrible question. Cheaper by the dozens. The answer. Okay. Uh, I just on. thought of that. But like, <laughs> yeah. you got to be like kids and adults. Like, yeah. what's what's the play here? Here's a movie with kids and adults. Go ahead. The Fablemans. Is that next on our list? 
Uh, no, that's in seventh place. But remake, that would have been remake the Fable ends. Yeah. All right. Who are you casting? Sadie Sink or Sammy? <laughs> Sammy Sink. Uh, yeah, got... yeah, yeah. Because you, you do you do have to gender swap it because there's too many you have too many to. boys. Uh, so yeah, Sadie Sink there's or Sammy. So many boys. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to You got to get uh, Gaten and uh, who plays Lucas. I don't recall his name. Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Lucas and Dustin are the sisters. <laughs> what is his name? I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, That's what he gets for, for doing like two things. Yes. Uh, then Finn Wolfhard is the bully. Yeah. I. Wait, who are you putting Lucas and Dustin as? Luke and Dust- Lucas and Dustin are the sisters. Kayla McLaughlin. Okay. Um, are the sisters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Finn Wolfhard is the bully. Like the big athletic one. Uh, okay. Then you've got... Uh, Finn Wolfhard should be the anti-Semitic w- one. The guy from Pete's Dragon. Who runs around going like, yeah, yeah. apologize to her. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just... I think that you need more... The other like, guy. The other... Capability uh, and charisma. Joe, Joe Keery could be... Uh, oh, know. yeah. You do You do have to get those guys in there. Okay, yeah. yeah Joe, so, Joe Keery is his name, I think. Yeah. He, so. he, he could be the big jock who yeah. runs around. Or, or is he... Or is that too similar to Steve? Uh, no, I think Joe Keery is the... Uh, and Nancy's the, the girl that he loses. Yeah, well, that, 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 yeah, that, would, that would work. That would be fine. And then I Maya like Hawk that. is the religious girlfriend. Uh, yeah, so, but Sadie Sink is Sammy. So? so all right, fine. Works for me. <laughs> we have gender uh, swap it, but the, the, the sexual orientations have to remain the same. Yes. Uh, so, Pretty yeah, then, and then the guy, the, guy plays, the guy that plays Will is the, uh, is the anti-Semitic bully. Who gets to come up and okay? Uh, and uh, what other adult is not Murray? I'm not putting him in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, man. No, no, no. I'm not. There's got to be another. What's his name? Matthew Modine. Uh, I don't know his name either. Hold on, I'll check. Uh, He's a uh, comedian. Yeah, I know. But the only, I, I don't know why the only name I can think of is Bert Kreischer. Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman. Okay, uh, that's, yeah, that's is Paul Reiser too old to play Benny? Yes. <laughs> Yes, he'd be, he is. He'd be good though. Sean Aston, I guess, is funny. Yeah. Okay. There you go. We've done it. Uh, Who's the demigorgon? <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> now the demigorgon is. Uh, the monkey. Yeah, the monkey. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Demigorgon's throwing light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> I need a laugh. <laughs> demigorgon's jumping around. Jumps on. Uh, jumps on. Uh, yeah. Harbor's head. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, this is a good movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, do you have a Mrs. Claus before we move on? I. That's one writer. Oh, right. That's what got us here. Uh, let's talk about Black Panther a bit, uh, which is subtitled Wakanda Forever. Third and one made, should also take place in Santa's workshop. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Made $5.4 million. That was a 51.9% drop. It's up to 418 million. Yeah, not million. surprising that took the, the, the hardest hit here yeah. from Avatar. Uh, targeting the same demographic, also Disney, so the marketing uh, budget went down significantly for Black Panther. It's still doing great. It's going to get to what we've said all along, 430. We'll see if next weekend it kind of plateaus, but I think it's going to be pretty quick out from here. Yeah. Out. Uh, number four was Strange World, which made 2.2, 41.8% drop. That's up to 33.7. Yeah, big flop. Yeah. Uh, and then number five was the menu, which made one point seven, a thirty-eight point six percent drop. That's up to thirty-two point one. You know what? I'm now worried about the menu being strange world. And I'll tell you why. It's going to lose some precious, precious theaters next week. Okay. 
Next week's going to be a mass exodus for these movies in theaters. We got yeah. three movies opening. It's going to be things are going to go left and right. Yeah. Uh, Those movies are taking up so much minutes. Either way, <laughs> there's no room for the menu. Either way, uh, the menu is a big hit. And then, as far as anything else, I don't think I have anything. Do we want to talk at all about uh, Black Adam? What's uh, going on there? No, I don't. Great. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. Let's move along. All right. Well, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it make, make more or less than, than Little, little women? women? We all know how to play, and so I don't even need to go over it. Are you ready to play? Wow, someone wants to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> I've been meaning to do that bit for a while, right, and I just on. keep forgetting. Because uh, we all know how to play. Why do I list the rules every week? I don't ever know. Uh, your first film is Eagle Eye. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> less. Uh, Eagle Eye did make less. 2008. Uh, that is also correct. He got arrested at a Walgreens. We should find out what Walgreens that was. Oh, like in the movie? No. Oh, and here? Yeah, he was drunk. They filmed... the oh, Eagle Eye takes place here at the beginning. Oh, so while filming Eagle Eye... In Chicago, he got drunk and was malignant to a, to a security guard who wanted I to leave. Yeah. Okay. And he got arrested. And we should find out what Walgreens it was. Uh, but yeah, the Years later, you would cut ties. The yes. <laughs> I'm cutting ties <laughs> with, com with not compassion, with sympathy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I like Mia Goth, and I do believe the things that he's saying now, even though I'm worried he's becoming a religious nut. Um, all right, so happy Hanukkah to you, <laughs> Shia, you once Jewish man. So um, he's converted. I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first part of that took place in Chicago. Okay, cool. Never seen Remember, it. you've never seen Eagle Eye? No. You must have seen Eagle Eye. I didn't. We should watch the. It's got Michelle Monaghan. He like went to a bank teller, and they were like, "You don't have any money." And then he's talking to a drone, talking like... to uh, Julianne Moore, and then he goes onto the L, and uh, and you know the the scroll on the L. Yeah, it changes from the station to like answer your phone, Dylan, or whatever yeah. his name is, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I yeah, missed the window. Directed by DJ Caruso. Oh, who did I know? You don't know who that is. Who did Disturbia? <laughs> I thought you were going to say DJ Qualls. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. The guy who did It was their yeah. reunion. Okay. Spielberg, Spielberg produced. Go ahead. Uh, your second film is Wonder. Oh, that's close. I'll say more for Wonder. I think it was 130. Wonder did make more. Yeah. Yeah. To wonder how. When that opened, uh, people were like, oh, it's another blindside. It opened like 20-something in yeah. November. It's going to cruise. And then everyone else was like... Blindside made like two fifty. The fuck you talking about? Blindside was an insane. You you should go back and look at the Blindside week to week because that shit opened I, it like. I remember we talked about it. It was a uh, it was a contender of uh, contender pass. Yeah, it opened at like number one or no, number one maybe then number two and then the first week of December when nothing came out back to number one. Yeah. it was a huge hit. Uh, two thousand and. 17 or eighteen. Uh, I'll say seventeen. I'll take the under. The under was right. You're four for four. Can you wrap up a perfect week by talking about Magic Mike? This week's not been perfect. Um, ooh, Magic Mike, 120-something. So I will say less on this one. I think this is a trick because it got a sequel. No, it was a double trick because it got a sequel. Uh, it, was it was more. It was more? Yeah. 2000, oh boy, two, uh, 12? That's correct. Okay, yes. great. Uh, so, oh, so close. A yeah. terrific performance of five points. Thank you. Uh, but no, Magic Mike did make uh, did make more than Little Women. 
Little women. Come on, going from a theater the street. <laughs> People posted a picture of the four little women and then the Barbie from the opening shot of the teaser. Okay. And it said, I love how Greta Gerwig refuses to make movies about normal sized women. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. That's good. I really like that. I, 2010. It is weekend 50 in Tron. 2010. Uh, no, that's not correct. It is December 10th. Oh. Two movies. Opened. I know one of them because I've been doing research. No? I... Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yeah. What does that apply to? My research. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the third. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, What did it open to, though? I want to say 30 is a low ball, but I want to, I'm all, I'll stick to 30. It might be like 25. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, go to 25. I'll go to 25. Good pivot. 24. Yes. I, uh, you will recall, I, uh, one of the, one of the most uh, famous flops of all time. We did have it on our, uh, uh, our, our, uh, tournament last year. That's true. So yeah, and def- definitely a good instinct a to go. Very boring movie. Yeah. Perfectly kind of okay, but I disagreed. The, maybe because I had watched all three of them, yeah. and I was like, I don't get why everyone likes the first one. I don't like it. Second one, I was like, okay, this is fine. Yeah. And then the third one, I was like, this is just boring. It was boring. Yeah, it was like it's one of those movies where I didn't really find anything about it to be like offensive. Yeah, it was like, actively bad. bad. Right, but but I don't yeah, think it, it was, was it was rarely. Interesting. I don't think it was good at all. I'm gonna see what I gave it on the next one. So the next one I'm picking is what number the number two. Number here? two, yes. Is it another one that might be on my uh, my list there? Is it no. Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, this movie did not uh, follow any, and nor did any movies follow it. It's a standalone, more of adult fare. Did you see it? Uh, I have not seen it. Did I see it? Probably. Why didn't you see it? I wouldn't have. Why? Uh, <laughs> it was not well regarded at the time, and its reputation has not Thank changed. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Give me a clue. I an adult movie. Yeah, this also appeared in the multiplex really? pool, <laughs> which is why well, this weekend was picked. The but, tourist. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I don't remember anything about it, but I did see it. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it a few years later. I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. The only thing I remember about Do the you tourist, smell something. I don't think so. It was like Cheerios. It might be a Cheerio. It's popcorn. Popcorn. I. I'm worried I'm dying. No, I don't think so. Go ahead. I. The thing I remember about the tourist and its ad campaign when it came out mm-hmm. is that it was very unclear to me what it was about. <laughs> I saw the yeah. trailer a bunch, and I was like, Johnny Depp is a spy Two or perhaps a man. doing something. Angelina <laughs> Jolie's in it. <laughs> and she's the love interest or the villain. Uh, I don't know. And I never saw it, so I didn't get answers to those questions. I, I definitely smell popcorn. Okay. I don't know. Uh, oh, what that made? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18, 18. Uh, sixteen point four. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. as like it wasn't a flop in today's standards, but right. yeah, yeah, it was just a 
uh, cultural calamity. Yes, correct. And also didn't make very much money. Uh, Golden and, yeah, Globe nominations was, uh, for all. That was uh, that was pretty much it. The Fighter opened in limited. Uh, won't have you guess, but it. Uh, yeah. What what would you guess the Fighters per theater average? It opened in four theaters this weekend. Oh Jesus, sixty two, seventy five. Okay, yeah, pretty good for the Fighter. I uh, yeah, that was uh, that was it for that weekend. All right, season screenings. Here we go. We're getting into the Christmas movies. I had a tough time picking the Christmas movie I wanted to pick. Um, I, I you know I we did love actually. I like to show Noah movies he hasn't seen, but like then that leaves me. He already saw. I would have picked the holiday, but then you know that leaves with like Bad Santa, which he probably won't like. Or what was the other one I was thinking about? Uh, you were also thinking Gremlins, about Gremlins, but there was a more oh fam- for the Family Stone, which like yeah. Didn't get good reviews upon release, but it's like been a cultural thing now. But I decided to be kind to Noah because I make him watch a bunch of shit. And I picked one that we're both very fond of. So we watched Black Christmas, released October 11th, 1974, directed by Bob Clark, written by A. Ray Moore, starring Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, Keir Delea, John Saxon, Andrea Martin, and Nick... Marcuso as the voice, I don't, Billy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. 71 on Rotten Tomatoes, 65 on Metacritic. Noah, what did you think? Did you like Black Christmas? We watched Black Christmas uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was the first, uh, first time viewing for me. I think you'd seen it once before. And we're showing it to me, or did we watch it for this at the first for the first time together? I you know I was thinking, trying to think of that um, when we were watching it. I don't remember. Yeah. I really knocked my socks off. <laughs> I is one of the one of those movies that like is is quote unquote the first slasher, uh, and a lot of times when you think about that. You think like, oh, it's it's going to be a movie that I like respect more than like gets my modern day horror hackles raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, this movie does some shit. Uh, it has some very disturbing voice work from this guy playing Billy. Uh, also, just like is really, really strong pacing. Like strong and yes. interesting choices made. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit beforehand, but it's interesting because this is like ten. This is considered one of the first slashers, so they're not sticking to a formula, right? So while it is a slasher, it's not having to. Uh, it's pacing and structure doesn't have to conform to that. So it, it it you're watching going like this is a slasher film, but it's weird that we're now cutting to this, and no one's dying for a while, and there's like an actual police thing going. Like it's just it doesn't feel like a, it's very cool in yeah that regard. there are there are 30 minutes between the first and second kill and there's just there's quite a bit made out of like one girl is missing yeah and we think like something bad might have happened we keep cutting to her like in the attic of the sorority house where she's been stored and it's just like it really focuses on the horror of like one person has been killed which can kind of, kind of get lost in a modern day horror movie where like 10 people are getting killed in horrific ways by Michael Myers. I, uh, 
but like yeah one one person being murdered is a horrific thing yes uh and and the movie does like a really good job of like focusing on that for a while before it starts Mm -hmm. uh, involving hooks and unicorns and things (laughs) uh that was one of um i don't think you were there for that trivia but that was no, you weren't. But that was uh, they did murder weapons, and the unicorn was there, and I, I did not place it as the Black Christmas unicorn. Okay, did it showed you a picture. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It had been too long, and I, w- I would have clocked that. Really, yeah, you remember yeah, the unicorn definitely. that fondly? That's cool. Um, I mean the phone call. We'll talk about. Let's talk about the phone call. Yeah. Uh, movie opens with the uh, sorority party going on. Uh. And it's just it's just wrapping up, so it's just the sorority sisters left, and they get a phone call, and one of them answers and says, "Hey, everyone, gather around. It's the moaner again." So they've been they've been getting some uh, some creepy and obscene phone calls for a little while now. Creepy and obscene, my yes. least favorite combination. I, uh, and this guy starts squealing like a pig. The noise it might the noises this time might be more upsetting than the things he says. Like the no, it's yeah. just so vile those noises. He's squealing and he's slurping. Yeah. Uh and then he's also saying some horrific things or, yeah. about what he does and does not want to do. <laughs> uh and yeah, it's it really gets uh, it's disturbing. It it's like actively disturbing. And I saw to, you taking notes during this time on your phone. What was that about? Uh, it was it was just a an audio recording, so I, oh. I could revisit it. Okay. Yeah, you, you know you know how you play like white noise to sleep. Yeah. One does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I you know it's just it's really well done and it's I'm, so. So disturbing, and still, even you know, how many years later? Almost four fifty, almost fifty years later, um, feels unique in cinema. That kind of phone call in like a horror film, yeah. For some reason, I agree. I I love how little you know about the killer. Yeah, like and it is. It is I've kind of revealed. I've conflated with the with the two thousand six remake, which yeah. goes more into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought there was just more revealed in this one than there was. Yeah, no, it's just, you, get, you get a little bit of snippets of things he says. You get the impression that he has grown up in a very uh, abusive and uh, deranged household. Yeah. Uh, something going on with his sister. Uh, but there's no there's no information about who it is. Uh, no. It's just we open with him four years before Michael Myers' uh, POV shot of him yeah. walking. Um I also love the uh, the bit with the boyfriend at the end, which I think is also pretty unique in a horror. Like, there's a very reasonable and like very well set up way that the killer, no spoilers, is just around at the end still. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That it's very plausible what happens, and uh, you also don't like the guy, and so you're like, yeah, this makes total sense. I think they really do a great job of building that. All the women are really cool and unique. Andrew Martin's great. Margot Kidder's so good in the movie i think as the uh as the drunk one uh, mrs mac is so much oh, miss, fun yeah like the movie's a fucking blast and um and it's uh it's so good a couple, couple of little choices the uh the missing girl's boyfriend is walking around in just a colossal a fur coat. coat just like floor length fur coat look up mccabe and miss uh mrs miller look that up i referenced i referenced that during the movie i thought i thought you knew what that was um, for I meant for the listener. I I just presumed it was a uh, a guy in a big coat. Well, 
Uh, it's it's taking its time. Okay, you let me know when it's there. Um, it's got you know it makes really effective creepy. Oh use. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Really effective creepy use of um Christmas music in the film. It's just a really it's a Canadian film. It's a really really well made horror thriller that holds up in a lot of ways. The ending shot is very haunting. Yeah. Uh, and they hold on it during the credits. It's very cool. Like, it's just it's a great little uh, horror movie that's uh, about Christmas. I agree. Love it. It is the first night of Hanukkah as we're recording. So we watched uh, an episode of Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi. Uh, Happy Holidays, which is episode one of uh, this show's holiday edition, released, we think, November 4th, 2021. Um, you had seen this before. I hadn't. Yes. Uh, very nice choice. A lot more, a lot less about the food. Than I would have anticipated. In my mind, like she goes, or this might be the previous episode you could tell me, but she goes to these different cultures in these different states and like learns about the, tra- the traditional ways of making the food uh-huh. and then connects it to the culture. This was more about the culture and this is what we eat. Like she didn't go through, like, how do you guys make your bagels or what do you, you know, what's the cured, the way you cure your meats here? Or they do a little bit of that with the pickles. Yeah. But the other stuff is really more about the importance of the not important how important the food is to the Jewish religion and the history of the Jewish uh, culture in New York. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a lot more of a food show than a cooking Am show. Am I more right about my first assessment in the other episodes? No, I mean it's it's all it's all it's kind, all, all kind of like okay, that. Yeah, it's it. it's it's very much in the like Anthony Bourdain shows mold uh, of like the the show is about. A culture yeah. and a place. Let's break bread uh, and it, with that culture. Yeah, and look and how it, good your food is. It is yeah. viewed through the lens of the food, mm-hmm. uh, but like it's not about like how do you make a brisket, right? Uh, or like what's your bagel recipe? Yeah, uh, it's just it's about the importance that bagels Sorry, have Ahmad. to the community. <laughs> they don't have bagel <laughs> recipes for you to compare. No, uh, they do not. And I'm sure there's just a secret. Those bagels looked good as shit. Yes. Uh, all of the food in the show looked outstanding, except I, uh, except the pickles the, for Brian. Yeah, but you, didn't, you didn't you didn't care for the pickles. I uh, did. I did come around on the thick lockies. I like my lockies thin and crisp. That had a crunch on them, and I did think like a nice thick crunch uh-huh. with a whole thick thing of like oily potato. Yeah, sounded pretty funny. Here, good. here's here's kind of my take on it, and especially as someone who is not Jewish, and so mm-hmm. I am. I'm certainly an outsider at all of this. I think of a latke and I think of a thin kind potato of pancake. potato pancake. But yeah. uh, I get the impression that these, this uh, this store they went to, this uh, appetizing store, which is a term I had never heard before. No, neither have I. Uh, has been around for a while and has some, you know, Jewish street cred. Yeah. And so I... I guess their their take on a latke is a, uh, is a valid one, and I'm sure it would be delicious. I also want a babka bun. Yes, uh, a lot goes, of great looking stuff in that. She goes to a lot of different places. Um, she uh, talks with the Holocaust survivor, which is very touching. And the movie, the movie, the show deals uh, with the idea of refugees a lot. And it, it came out in 2021. So when was that whole thing with kids in cages and stuff in in Mexico? In I don't Texas? know, man. I feel like it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of like an ongoing. I'm sure it's still ongoing. No, I think today. they're all out. <laughs> uh, I think those places have been closed and boarded up. 
Um, but like, I feel like it was pre-pandemic, but it deals a lot with that kind of aspect of it. Um, and uh, it's it's just a very nice episode about Jewish culture that feels very prevalent now. A lot of people going, you know, it's great that Jews can practice freely, and the anti-Semitism is like, oh. yeah, it's. <laughs> It's teetering in like, the wrong direction. Yeah, without being in a land with anti-Semitic laws and practices, I'm like, well, we're not that far off from a few of those. Yeah. Um, it feels very important that this is kind of on tape. And listening to the Holocaust survivor talk, you know, Padma said one of the last of her generation, which is certainly true, um, of Holocaust survivors. You know, they'll eventually all be dead. Right. And uh, it just brings me back to Spielberg and him taking his profits from... Schindler's List and creating the Shoah Foundation, which is dedicated to getting survivors on tape uh, to keep those stories, as many of those stories around. I was just like, what a beautiful thing that is to just like have an organization dedicated to finding people, getting their stories down yeah. uh, and stuff. And uh, it's just really important because I feel like there's a lot of people who haven't heard these stories. Like we were sitting, we were watching this with some people who probably haven't heard stories like that before. Yeah. You know? Um, and like, for me, it's like old hat or <laughs> going, you know, Oh, I was here and then I was gone and I was walking on the steps of this and, you know, I didn't see my family for three years and like, you could feel a lot of tension in this room. We were watching yeah. that and I was just sitting here like on my phone going like, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crystal knocked. That's just, yeah, that's what I, I know all about it. I've heard it a thousand. If you heard it once, you've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. Um, and uh, and the food looked great, and she ends with a nice sense of uh, community. It was a good episode. Yeah. It's probably the best thing we've watched for this stocking stuffer thing, which is not high praise. Uh, there were but. there were two things I found particularly interesting uh, mm-hmm. about this. Uh, one is just the pointing out that like Hanukkah is not a like the Jewish main event in the way that Christmas is. It just kind of happens to take place yes. at the same Christmas time. Yeah, you, so it is viewed as like, oh, it's Hanukkah. It is the WrestleMania of Judaism. But right. it's kind of it's kind of like a B tier Jewish only, holiday. It's only like that because of its relationship to Christmas, which right. is the A the capital A holiday of the world. Yes. And so it's like, well then the Jews have cer- Hanukkah, which is the same. Of like American culture. Yeah. The uh, Hanukkah which is the same and we're like, yeah, I don't know, I guess. Yeah. No, uh, it's it's like it's like a lesser Easter. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when you think about it, especially with me, I'm I'm a very very reformed Jew. You yeah, know? Jew and you've culture. changed your ways. I'm a Jew and culture alone. Um, they, uh, you know, I, I we we did Hanukkah a few times when I was a kid. We did that every year, but you know, every year still on Passover, when there's a Seder, Passover, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, we go to my aunt's house. Yeah, and we gather with family, and you don't do that for Hanukkah. No. There's just not that kind of gathering. It's not considered a high holiday. And it never occurred to me that people don't see it that way. But there was that tweet I recently read to you that said, stop asking Jewish people when Hanukkah is. We don't know. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. I don't I, know. Is, of, the, of the high holidays, is there one that is kind of like internally viewed as like the big one? I would guess Passover would I be. I mean, for but... me it is. As, as you know, it's my favorite. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite story of, of Judaism. But... Um, I, it might be Rosh Hashanah. It might be the, uh, the, the new year. Okay. It's either that or Passover, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Passover is always close to Easter, which is funny that we have two, you know, we just keep right. bumping into each other, but, um, <laughs> gotta stop meeting like this. <laughs> 
But uh, what was the other thing? The other thing I found really interesting is kind of an offshoot of that is that because Hanukkah is not like such a meaningful and important uh, holiday to the uh, the Jewish culture and yeah. the Jewish religion is that there's kind of there's a lot more room for interpretation. Yeah. And there is kind of room for like assimilation a little bit. Uh, and they made a point that like the whole show is about immigrants coming to America and forming uh, their communities within American culture and becoming a part of American culture. Uh, and so for that, like really leaving the door open for Hanukkah to kind of become like the Jewish American holiday uh, and everyone can have like their own take on it and their own traditions that they, they build up fresh uh, to become kind of like a whole, a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just a, a very, a very strong and interesting, uh, interesting idea. I made, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big believer of like food is a big and interesting part of culture. Yeah. And so just looking at that lens of like, oh yeah, you know, you can, it's, it's Hanukkah and like brisket is a traditionally uh, yes. a very important uh, Jewish food. Uh, and it's like, what if we had brisket tacos for yeah. Hanukkah dinner? And that's like, that could be our tradition without being like something that's been done for thousands and thousands right. of years. Uh, and that, that was just a very, a very cool thing that I'd, uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah. I just, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, I say I'm a reformed Jew, but we celebrate Christmas a lot more than we celebrate Hanukkah. Cause half our family is not Jewish and it's just, everyone does. So we yeah. feel like, yeah, might as well. Uh, it's also less of a commitment. Yeah. Eight <laughs> days as was the one. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I I always feel none of my family will ever listen to this unless I die tragically. Then they might go through. The yeah, archives. this is the last record. If you die tragically like now, and these are no, your last I, listen, words, I I wouldn't be surprised if I die. You know, before my mother, that she just goes. I just want to hear his voice and yeah, listen sure. to these. Uh, and if that's the case, I won't get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> but um, I always feel gypped that my family isn't more food oriented. You yeah. Know, I have a few cousins who have some personal choice restrictions, I'll say. Uh, and then a few members of my family who are very weight conscious and so they don't eat a lot and stuff. And I, I, it's just like, we don't cook. Like I'm always jealous of your family's gatherings and we don't cook and we don't experiment with food and, and it, we're not, food isn't that like a coming together and not only that but there's just like it feels like there's less of a community in my family than there are in others and it really makes me feel like shit around this time and so seeing these people in this episode go like oh yeah we gather the family room and it's nice we have all this food and we're cooking all day and i'm just like god it seems so nice it's not my experience at all I want to be a part of a family like that. Why can't we cook and hang out and laugh and listen to music and have, you know, great meals instead? We're just like, okay, so the food's getting here when, and we're done eating and let's go into this room and play one game of this and then we'll leave. Yeah. Um, but, uh, people do do these things like in this episode. Um, we don't rate the stocking stuffers. No, we do so not. I'm not going to, do you know your movie next week? I do not. It's a secret. It's, it's a secret even to me. I see. <laughs> I don't, and I'm not telling you. Um, if I knew, it would stay with me. Well, next week's another big episode. Avatar The Way of Water's second weekend, and also just 
it's going to be so much. It should be so much further ahead, and it's gross because of this week coming up. So yeah. It's all very exciting. Uh, we'll see how Puss in Boots opens in Babylon and Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, the movie about Whitney Houston. I think that's the full title. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's next week. Back a mag move, folks. I, did I recommend The Fablements last week? Do you remember? I think so, or the week before. I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing else going on uh, in theaters, really. I, you want to pump them up for The Whale? Or Puss in Boots or Babylon? No, I don't. Uh, I don't know how I will feel about any of those things. Uh, there's a chance that Puss in Boots is the best movie out of all of those. I. Uh, I think there is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, the menu is going to be gone soon. I had a fun time at that. I think I've recommended that once before. I'm not going to pick this, but there might be some Christmas movies playing at some local theaters. Oh sure. That could be an option for you. Yeah. No, I'm going I'm going the menu. All right. Uh, I'm picking Avatar The Way of Water. I think that uh, if you're going to see one movie this winter that's called Avatar, only see it in IMAX 3D or a premium 3D theater. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like worthless in 2D. It's probably fine, but boy, oh, boy. See it, see it in IMAX or Dolby Imaging. Yeah. Uh, and... I'm pretty confident I'll, I'll be seeing it in 3D, but I'm pretty confident an IMAX 2D showing of Avatar The Way of Water looks it's just fine. fucking incredible. The underwater shit with those fish. There's mm-hmm. a dude that goes into a big whale's mouth, and it is like, he like he's not getting eaten. It is cool as hell. All right. We'll um, see. I, I remain uh, open-minded. It looks gorgeous. Uh, I say go see that. Uh, th- be prepared. Three-hour runtime. Didn't use the bathroom once. Didn't really feel like three hours. But if you had to go, if you had to go to the bathroom, uh-huh. there is a moment where Quaritch, who's now an avatar, yeah, uh, is going up to the mountains to get one his own flying thing. Okay, from the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can leave. He gets one. Okay. So they do that thing where he like jumps on it and then falls into the mist, and they're like, "Oh no, he might be dead." And yeah. everyone else in the theater's like. In the movie's like not even half over. He's not dead. Yeah. And then he appears. So w- when you see him climbing up, uh, you're you're gonna go to the bathroom. All right. All right. Uh, that's it for this episode of What's in the Box Office. I've been your host Brian. And I've been your host Noah. We'll see you next week. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs>